0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Authors on a Podcast Talking Books. I'm your host, David Walters. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with author Adam Caesar. Adam is a New Yorker who lives in Philadelphia. His books include Clown in the Cornfield, Video Night, The Summer Job, and Zero Lives Remaining. He's an avid fan of horror cinema and runs Project Black T-Shirt, a YouTube review show where he takes horror films and pairs them with reading suggestions. His work has been featured in numerous publications, including Shroud Magazine, his nonfiction has appeared in Paris Cinema, Fangoria, the L.A. Review of Books, and other venues. He also writes a monthly column for Cemetery Dance Online. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Caesar. Thank
1: you so much for having me on the show, David. Yeah, it's man, great to hear so your voice.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we got to work this out. I know it was uh, kind of a last-minute <laughs> kind of ad, but I was kind of looking at how everything was going over the past week, and I go, you know, I could probably – Probably trying to get somebody in on Thursday.
1: <laughs> oh, good! I'm glad I was an afterthought. No.
0: Yeah, man, you're you're an afterthought, <laughs> but the first person I asked is that is that it makes it a little better? <laughs> Who's desperate? Yeah, so so <laughs> desperate, man. So so desperate to to talk to an author who I just gushed about their brand new book. Oh, yeah. No, I, mean, I
1: meant me. I meant me. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. So um so you doing all right today? I know uh I know you're up in in Philly, not not quite up in New York anymore where it's probably a little crazier, but how's everything going yeah. in Philly? It's all right. No, I'm worried about
1: family in New York and uh we're worried about family here and it's a, it's, it's it's an anxious time. Um but it's also um you know, you just got to do the best you can and you know, follow the rules and 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 stay inside as much as humanly possible and as much as professionally possible. So we're getting through it. We're hunkered down. We're in the uh, the fallout shelter from 10 Cloverfield Lane. So we're good.
0: Uh, <laughs> is John Goodman there? Is he scaring you yet? <laughs> oh, John
1: Goodman just, he did just show up. He was like, is it going to be Mary Elizabeth Weinstein? Oh no, it's John Goodman. But you know, you can't win. It, so
0: Yeah. You can't win them all. Right. Uh <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's it is kind of a weird time. I know, uh, like Josh Mallerman posted yesterday that he didn't even realize he had a kid like living next door because he was like out playing basketball the past two days.
1: <laughs> I loved that tweet. I was like, that's a that's like, I don't even think he was trying to be poetic, but I was like, that's like a great poetic tweet. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and then, and then, like, people started asking if he was going to go out and play him. He's like, oh, I'd slay him in horse and all that stuff. Like, it just it really, it really <laughs> shame went kid. All socially
1: over. isolate. Yeah, socially distance. Don't shame a child. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's it's yeah. been odd. We were talking a little off off air. Yeah, so like my wife's a first grade teacher and is and is six months pregnant, and they were supposed to go through yesterday and then today, and she got a call on Saturday says, "So first of all, you're pregnant, so you're not coming in, and we're gonna we're gonna stop you know everything now, and we'll just have like a, I think everybody's like using Zoom now, like instead of like Skype mm. and so forth to chat, and so they've been doing that for a couple of days, and and then I had started working remote yesterday, which uh, you know, I, I think everybody found out because nobody else in my company is working remotely. Everybody's in office. I just I happen to have the quote unquote excuse to be able to work remotely. But uh, I think they all found out I was because everybody started sending me emails today for you know more work. So it's been it's been like ten and eleven hour days <laughs> trying to get everything taken care of. So, but it's all good. I hey, had
1: a nice office. Homework, I mean, I'm just happy you're able to stay home. Like the people that can stay home should you know.
0: Yeah. exactly exactly yeah it's uh it's just so weird because you know you, you see a, a lot of different businesses that are that are either working remote or they're just completely closed down or then you have the ones that everybody's like okay so if we're gonna have to come in everything's lysol everything's hand sanitizer everything you know is blah, blah blah every single day and you know with some of the some of the crews and stuff that we have come in our office you know they're up climbing towers where like you know birds are eating carcasses and stuff and so they they probably bring in stuff that's more disgusting than the coronavirus but you know, it's probably <laughs> um, a good practice yeah. to start
1: yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah my heart goes out. it's a lot of there's a lot of folks that it's not It's either a not an option or b they're facing you know being laid off or temporary laid off in this time it's just it is it's changing every day and it's the scariest thing i can imagine so I know. yeah, yeah. And, uh,
0: you know it's it's you know like some of some of those you know books and books you've read or movies you've seen are kind of coming to life and you don't really know how to deal with it it's it's weird oh yeah um, yeah
1: no it was, it was i saw read something the other day about how it's the idea of like a lot of people you know kind of a massive amount of people saying like this feels like a dream or this feels like a story but it's like it's kind of your mind's way of uh, of kind of coming into trauma mode or panic mode like where it's like it's trying to distance you like uh, intellectually from the idea that this is like real. Uh, it's
0: wild. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just, it's odd. And, you know, and of course, like if you turn the news on, it's just all, it's all just like depressing and everything. And like, you know, of course they're trying to, you know, get this stimulus package through where they're trying to send, you know, everybody some money so they can get through it, which I mean, you know, money is great, but I don't think that's like the end all obviously. And, uh, yeah, and then you just got like the constant additions to the to the numbers, and it's just growing every day. Because like I think in Alabama here we, you know, we had like a couple like Friday, and then like I feel like we jump at least ten or fifteen a day. Still don't have any anybody that's past. Thank 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 the Lord. But uh, I think we're like in the sixties now, which isn't a lot compared to other states. But it just kind of seems a lot, you know, when most of it's in the county right next to yours. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah um let's move on to something a little uh, a little
1: happier um so i know I like my brand <laughs> is that i'm like the goofy fun horror guy but i'm like <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but, it's tough, but it's tough to it's tough to maintain but we will uh we'll we'll, uh, we'll do some podcasting here yeah
0: exactly exactly so um so tell me tell me a little bit about yourself tell me about growing up um i guess uh, i guess you grew up in new york and now we're in philly um <laughs> and uh kind of going through school and maybe any hobbies you had growing up?
1: Well, I think it's, um, I think it's reflective in a lot of, at least up to this point, a lot of my work. And, um, I was, as a kid, I was very much movies were my hobby. Um, and I feel like very much the experience of going to the video store and then going to uh, movies a lot. I have, uh, great parents and I have a dad that loves movies and he would, constantly take me to the movies uh even when i was definitely too young to be seeing you know some of the movies i was seeing um and he what's interesting is he's not uh my dad's not a huge horror fan he's, he's he loves movies but horror is easily his least favorite genre um and it's definitely like from a very early age something i just you know either caught a glimpse of you know freddy krueger pinhead like in a you know in a video store you know somewhere and it's just that i've always been attracted to that genre when i was like a when i was uh i was always a reader too because i was like kind of a precocious reader um and i always wanted to read stuff that was just a little bit out of uh my not only my like uh, age range but just my ability to read so like when i was in grade school real early in grade school like we had to do like you had to get like a a a biblia or you the the assignment was like you had to read it was like a book report but like a biography and it had to be about you know you know a significant figure and uh the school library had like a young reader's biography of Stephen King and I I was like oh well uh I want to do my project on Stephen King I think at that point I was like I was young enough that i like literally only knew him from the movies that had been made from his books. So, um, I did like, and like the final project of it, it wasn't like a book report because we were too young for book reports. It was like do a mobile, Mm -hmm. like a, a clothes hanger mobile. So I made like a clothes hanger mobile, uh, for Stephen King. And the, uh, the thing is, uh, I, I cut up all my dad's, uh, the dust jackets, all my dad's original hard covers, oh uh, to, to make that, which now I'm like, yeah, it was probably, it probably got me an A, but I, I wish I hadn't done that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like this has always been an in interest since day one. And, and, uh, I, I, I love film and, um, I guess I, I did grow up, I grew up on Long Island, uh, New York, so suburban New York, um, kind of the middle of the island, if anyone knows uh, Islip, um, East Islip area. Uh, So, you know, not a, not a city slicking New Yorker, um, but I I went to school up in Boston and in school I studied, uh, I studied film because I was kind of just convinced um, that I wanted to make a career in film. Um, And very, very early on in that process, I, uh, I'd taken a, A production class, and you know, you take all the prerequisites, or like you take all the the early uh, film classes, like screenwriting one hundred and one, production one hundred and one, understanding film, which is like you know, film writing uh, or film theory. Uh, And I I just I really realized very early in that process that I I still wanted to get you know to finish a film degree, but I didn't I didn't want to do the production end of things. Mm -hmm. I like the class, I just I, I so much rather screenwriting really, you know, kindled an interest in me. And at the same time I was taking English classes and, um, and it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm so much more of a theory guy and so much more of a, I, I like writing guy. Um, that, that, that kind of pivot happened in college and in college, I I'd also started writing my, what, what came to be my first uh, novel. So video night, which is still, um, still kind of my most popular book is, 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 I'm always very shocked when people enjoy it or when people say that's their favorite one, uh, because it's, it's, it's a very nice compliment to get. You want to have someone have a favorite. Um, but it's like, wow, I read that. I, you know, I wrote that book before I could legally drink. There's <laughs> some <laughs> pretty decent stuff that I like to think, but, um, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of the, the journey, I guess. And then, uh, I met my, uh, I met my wife in, uh, while up in Boston and we, uh, she's a Philly girl and we're, uh, down here in Philly now and I, I've been here for about six years and I really
0: love this city. It feels like home. I gotcha. Um, so, uh, so what sort of work, uh, were you in prior to writing? I mean, obviously you said you were writing before, you know, you got out of school, but, um, I guess, do you have like a secondary job that you uh, do? I, 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 you I was, were... um,
1: I was a, uh, a teacher for a number of years. I, I, I guess I skipped that whole part of the story cause I was like, oh, that's a boring part. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, high school English teacher. Um, both in uh boston and philly uh
0: so okay i gotcha um so i guess you would say that some of your influences i mean obviously you made a a, a mobile of stephen king books uh book covers <laughs> which uh i'm still kind of cringing at that because I'm, I'm sure you, i'm sure you cringe now <laughs> thinking about it but uh I, I, yeah i i kind of do and i kind of do. like i
1: we still have the books there's just just jackets.
0: right <laughs> uh, <laughs> which i mean it's you know, I, I know it's all about the book, and it's all about you know seeing what edition it is. But man, that dust jacket, you know. <laughs> I, know <laughs> I know you can't know. have a complete edition yeah, no, a so dust
1: jacket. King was definitely. Um, I mean, if you talk to anyone, it's that they're you know most of you know the hard writing community are are also constant readers. So uh, definitely King. Um, uh, definitely. Uh, the question was influences. Yeah. Uh, Parker, Matheson, um, and then I feel like when I, uh, my biggest influences were kind of right at that beginning burst of, of being like, this is something I want to do. I want to write. So I read a lot of, you know, writers who are still going now. Um, and who are still kind of, um, contemporaneous. So like Sarah Langan, uh, her, her novel missing and Orpheus door and, uh, the keeper. I love those books. Um, um, Stephen Graham Jones, who you just had on the show, um, Jeremy Robert Johnson. Um, yeah, a lot of these people are like, uh, we you know, their books were, you know, within the last 15, 20 years, but, uh, they're still very influential on me, um, uh,
0: I gotcha. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't had a chance to read any of J- Jimmy Robert Johnson's stuff yet. I mean, I've got Skullcrack City and Intrape- and Bloom, but I know he's also got another one coming out later on this year that I think he just like started posting about on social media. I think it's the yeah, it's called a yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I need. I definitely need to start reading some of his stuff because we follow each other on social media, and I, I feel really bad when a, uh, an author follows me and I haven't read any of their stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Interesting. <laughs> Bloom is gonna like. I mean, it's gonna kick the doors off uh, your brain. It's really, really good. Because I, I know that's a that's a collection where it has it had uh, it has a mix. It's kind of like a best stuff because it has stories that appeared in other earlier out of print collections. Um, we live inside you was a great collection. Um, but yeah, his 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 writing's incredible. Oh. Okay.
0: Um. So. Where do uh, I guess? Where do you typically find yourself writing? Do you uh, do you write in your in the same I guess room that you do your YouTube channel in, or do you try to find, find other places?
1: <laughs> well, for the last few days, yes. Uh, but
0: <laughs> usually, I know it's kind of a weird question. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the last week, and probably
1: for the foreseeable future, yes uh, to that. Um, but uh, actually, before um, this, I I my process, and I, again, I probably shouldn't have been over reliant on this but who, who could have saw this coming? Um, but I'm very, like, I, I very much like to work in public. Like I, I usually go to the library or, you know, coffee shop. One of those people writing in coffee shops, <laughs> you know, like, I, I kind of love that because, and it's not even because like, you know, it's not even because I love coffee that much. It's just cause I want to, I, I kind of trick myself into being like, look, there, there are folks here. And if I'm sitting, uh, dick around on uh, Twitter, like I feel, I feel, I can like almost trick myself subconsciously into being like, I, I you know, I have to produce, I have to, uh, you know, this is all, there's a performative aspect to this. Uh, I want to get stuff done. Right. Uh, but I'm, I'm fairly disciplined when it comes to, you know, sitting down and doing the work. So I can work anywhere.
0: Uh, you, uh, you may need to, Start teaching a class on that because I don't feel like a uh, a lot of authors are. I feel like a uh, a lot a lot of time could be spent writing is spent on Twitter. <laughs> oh
1: well, I, I I'm not I, I did not mean that as a, in a way to cast any aspersions on anyone else's productivity. <laughs> I just mean my own uh, and I, but, hey, I, hey, I uh, love Twitter so. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> you feel like I'm putting you in your corner. I promise I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I I'm definitely I'm i really not, but I I just I just mean it for myself where it's like I, I know I know I'm I know I work better when I feel that weird societal pressure too. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: so do you uh do you write full time now?
1: Uh yeah, for for right now, yes I I yeah, am. So.
0: Okay. Um I mean Again, which is a which, challenge,
1: okay. <laughs> which is a, r- a real challenge. I, can, um, I can imagine. It's weird because when I made that transition, I felt my anxiety of, around writing go up so much more because now it's like it's all on the line. Like uh, and this is like there's no excuses. Um, you can't just have a bad day because, oh, well, I taught all day. Now I can, you know, you know, a 16 year old was mean to me today. Now I can't. <laughs> now I can't write. Kind of lose that. Right. Uh, ability <laughs> so, and, so, so and i' I'm doing a lot more uh, I've been doing a lot more stuff that's either you know tie in fiction or um work for hire or you know uh, longer term freelance things where you really do have someone to answer to and you really do have there in black and white in a contract like this has to be done by now, and the other person you know your editor may be nice, but they're not gonna budge on that like you know.
0: You, 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 mean, you mean you can't just be like, I need two more weeks. I need a month. I need – hey, can you give me like six more months? I just uh, I just can't quite. I've, I've done that, but sometimes
1: I pressure. <laughs> and I feel the – like. Uh, I feel like the – I don't know. I think a lot of writers have uh, an, an insane inferiority complex. So I think I'll, anytime I get a job like that or anytime I get like my foot in the door somewhere, I'm like, I want to do really good for this. You know? Yeah. really want to be set in the park. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, what's that? No, oh, no, that wasn't. I didn't say
0: anything. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's like a background noise, or, or it could be. Could be my dog running around in the back or something. But um, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your writing process. Do you do you plot everything out? Do you are you a fly by the seat of your pants?
1: For. Per- my
0: first few books
1: uh, I was
0: fly by the sea of my pants
1: and I and I in some ways I miss it um, and in some ways I don't but I've been doing um, I've been doing a lot more for like the last – I mean I mean for the last like five or six books they've all been either sold or pitched um, or partialed or um, had to submit outlines for them so so it got me in the habit of. Um, of outlining. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I know there is like a debate between, you know, the pantsers and the outliners. Um, but I think that's, I'm saying all kinds of incendiary things, but I think that's kind of silly because I think at at a certain point, if you, if you're going to be a professional about it, you're probably going to have encounter a, a, a scenario where you have to plot something or where you have to outline something. So it feels weird to me to have like weird tribalism around like, Pansers versus plotters, and it's like, well, at a certain point, we're all going to be plotters, or you're going to have to be a plotter because you're going to meet the one uh, editor or venue that's like, no, 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 we need, you know, ten pages every beat down to the letter, and you need to let us know. Like, <laughs> um, so it's just, it's just good hygiene, just good practice, um, and that's not to say that I've, I've definitely outlined stuff, and, and outlines have changed, and the final product has changed from the outline. Um but um for, for the last bunch of books everything's been outlined. I
0: gotcha. yeah, because I know I know some people like to know exactly where everything's gonna go and how it's gonna end, and then others kind of like let the characters write the story themselves. So you just kind of go and find out where they're gonna find themselves by the end. And there's a great like playfulness to that and 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 I,
1: I've definitely done it. I mean, um like I said, my first few books are, are were written that way and I kinda I kind of almost prefer that organic feel to it, but yeah, structure, structure, structure. And I'm glad I, I'm glad I, you know, um, I've sold some scripts and stuff and nothing, has been produced, but you um, have options and I've had out scripts option, but it's like the idea that um, that's a very like screenwriterly thing where they're all about structure. Um, so I'm glad I've, I kind of have that training in my back pocket, even if I don't direct, I'm not directly using it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I gotcha. Um, so tell me a little bit about, uh, project black t-shirt.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, this is uh so a little, I mean, this is years ago now, but I, I just kind of, I, I started, I started poking around on YouTube and I was like, well, what's, you know, what's the, what's the scene like here? And there's a lot of booktubers, and they, they have like a really cool community. And I didn't a hundred percent feel like, um, I was going to go the booktube route because I, I love reading and I read a lot. Um, But I also view reading as like one of my own, like one of my only kind of, like we were talking about Twitter before where it's like, it's very performative and it's very like, you you have to kind of stay with it and you're, you're, you have to politic a little bit and you have to be, it's best practice to be like nice. Like no one wants to be like saying bad stuff about other people's work on um, uh, on Twitter or anywhere publicly, like, cause it's just like, come on, we're like, we're all professionals and, or we're trying to be, um, so like, I didn't want to, I wanted to kind of keep reading for myself. I didn't want to like, be like, here's what I'm reading now, you know, to everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I was like, oh, well, I, you know, m- well, I'm the same way with movies and I watch a lot of movies. So, um, I kind of came up with the idea that I would do a movie review show or mostly mostly a movie review channel where I talk about a movie I like. Um, and then I, uh, I recommend a, a book at the end of the, at the end of each video. They're usually about, they're like 10 to 15 minutes. Cause if you get me talking, if you haven't noticed, I can talk a lot. Um, but I just, I film them. Uh, I film them in my apartment and, uh, I upload them roughly once a week. I try to stay regular. Uh, but I've, I really, if you would have told me like five years ago, it's like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to get big into YouTube. I wouldn't really have believed Cause I just didn't, I, I guess I had, I had my own prejudices and my own like idea of what that was. Um, but I, I, I love the, you know, the community I built, the sense of community I, I, I have uh, on my channel and I love uploading videos and talking to folks in the comments and just talking about movies and talking about books. Um, so if, people want to do that. And it's very easy to find. I post links all the time. So um, yeah, just make sure you subscribe because I like that. (laughs) we plug. (laughs) I'm not, I'm
0: David. I am not above plugging. (laughs) Hey, you, you, you don't need to be above it. I I feel like if you ever get an opportunity to plug something, especially considering I invited you on here, do it. Oh yeah. No, we are in a, we are in a, uh, this is a, uh,
1: an industry where you have to be forward. <laughs>
0: you, know, you really do. And it's an industry that is uh, is flooded with a bunch of introverts, and they don't know how to be forward. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and believe me, it's it's all, you know, I'm very much like if I go to a you know party with ten people, which we're not doing now, but you know, like I'll have. You can go I'm, with, I'm you can not, not the actually a droid, uh, guy. Uh, but I think it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's just like, it's just like writing, like write a lot, read a lot. Like that makes you a better writer. Like, you know, it's stretching those muscles. Um, but, uh, for, you know, and for some people it, it's, it's not as easy or not as even possible, but if you, if you kind of force yourself out there, it's, it, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the job a little bit with, you know, even though I like, I like, you know, YouTube, I like Twitter and I like being on podcasts, especially when they're with David, but, um, <laughs> it is, you have to kind of with this, you're regimented like, no, this is, you know, it's go time. This is selling books too. I sell a lot of, uh, I, me and my friends, um, Matt Serafini, Pat, uh, Pat Lacey, Scott Cole and, uh, Aaron Dries. We do, a we, we do a fair amount of, um, conventions where we sell books that are like uh you know we'll, we'll we'll rent a table we'll sell books and that's very much a service you know that's a you know a consumer facing salesman moment which i know it's i know some people are like oh never mind the plug or you know sorry to sorry to tell you my bo- about my book it's at that at those shows it has to be i'm not sorry to tell you about my book i'm i'm gonna talk to you as you pass by
0: about it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I actually just read. Um, I guess my first book by Aaron Drys. I read uh, a place for sinners last year.
1: Oh, it's a great
0: one. <laughs> oh my gosh, that book is absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> have you? Uh, have you? I mean, I guess you, you, you probably haven't met him, but have you
1: talked online with him? Because he he lives in Australia, but he does come over to the states. You know, not infrequently. Um, but if you if you follow him online or if you talk to him online, he is like he is like the sunniest, nicest person like i've ever met he like legitimately is like he's like he, he's like he's 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 a good friend and he's like he's he's he knows he knows my wife and he's always asking me how my wife is and he's just like and she's like if i'm on the phone with him or if i'm talking to him she's like oh tell aaron or put me on the phone aaron like uh, like he is just the bubbliest nicest guy i've ever met and then you read and i t- and i told him this i told him this very recently i think it was at scares the care last year i was like i was like uh, he had read something from his next book, um, and his books are so bleak. His books are so unrelentingly depressing and depraved uh, that I told him I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if you could, if you tried, if you could write a book that matches your personality. I like, I told, I like, gave him that task to like to see if he'd do it. And he kind of like laughed, and he was like, he didn't think it was possible, but uh, we'll we'll see if he's.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I've I've I follow him on like Twitter, and 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 I think we're friends on Facebook. And yeah, you're you're kind of right. It's like it's all it's all smiles and like sunshine exactly. and rainbows, and then he's you read his books, guy, and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, because I um, I didn't even know about that one, and I I think uh, that's kind of how I got introduced to Poltergeist Press because they re-released it last year. Um, and uh, and I've been reading a lot by them here recently, but but yeah, it's um, I I almost couldn't make it through it. It was it was so dark and just like just it's it's really dark, dark.
1: (laughs) but it's it's dark, but it's also like there's very few there's very few writers that write that dark that I have like a taste for. Right. But it's, it's, I don't want to scare any of your listeners away uh, (laughs) because that and the fallen boys, um, they're, they're really dark, but they're, they're incredibly well-written. Um, they're incredibly empathic. They're not like they're extreme horror without like the, um, you know, agoraphobia. Like he doesn't hate people. Right. He like loves people. They're very humanistic. Um, but they're just tragic. Um, but they're really, really good. Um, yeah. and, and and Fallen Boys, that's uh, that's black t-shirt books. So we put that out, uh, the, the the bunch of us collectively. Okay. So, that's neat. You know, it was originally a Sam Hain uh, paperback because we were we were Sam Hain authors back in the day. Oh, ba- back in the day, huh? <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Well, it feels like – I mean, I guess that's like seven years ago now. It's oh, okay. a like light- – it's a lifetime ago.
0: Yeah, cause I, I think I did see that, that, like a poster series, like twenty fourteen by by Sam Haynes. So um, yeah,
1: yep. that makes sense.
0: I got gotcha. you. That's a good one too. All right, so uh, before we get into your upcoming novel in August, uh, and maybe another one of your titles, maybe your first book that you've written, uh, Video Night. Let's. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Uh, tell me some of your favorite horror movies and why. Okay. Well, I kind of, I kind of have a prepared
1: statement for when I, when I'm meeting a new horror fan or when I'm making small talk. So I have a few movies that I kind of tend to go to. And I do, I will say that I've, I've seen a lot of movies and I love a lot of movies. So these definitely aren't representative of like any kind of definitive list. I always like saying that. Uh, but my one and two, it's always, uh, the original dawn of the dead. Uh, I just, I think it's an incredible movie. Um, I think it gets more and more relevant uh, each time I watch it. It's an ensemble piece where I kind of really love and care for the characters. And it feels like a, almost like a comfort movie and a hangout movie, even though it's at the end of the world. Uh, Audition Takeshi Mika is 1999, I think, um, which is just a movie that has so much going for it. And I think when people talk about it, they usually talk about the more uh, kind of shocking or extreme elements. But I think if you kind of look back on it, it's so expertly built and so expertly crafted um, and just such a, a mind trip of a movie. Um, I, I'm a, I love like subgenres within the genre and I, and I love like kind of, I really don't, I'm a, I'm the voracious um, movie watcher. So I will watch anything in any genre, not just horror. I'm a very big Pixar fan. I, I like all kinds of movies, but I, I, I really yeah. like vampire movies. Um, and there are a number of vampire movies that I could put on the list, but I always, I always do go to, um, let the right one in. I love that movie. I think it's great. Um, very kind of, empathic uh lovely movie um let me think of some more <laughs> and i do like, like the thing the thing is it's like those those are all kind of almost highbrow those sound like high-handed kind of choices and i was almost going to say like coralie Fargeet's uh What is she? Yeah, uh, revenge, which is again, you know, it's not a high-handed movie, but it's a foreign movie, it's a French movie. Uh, but I, I also love, I really love um, what people would consider kind of B movies or um, or Z movies. Uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of uh, the director Herschel Gordon Lewis, so I, I love, I love kind of sixties uh, and seventies Americana in movies, um, just because they have a very tactile feel. And I love early gore movies like um, Blood Feast or The Wizard of Gore, things like that. I I really do, and I love even going further back, I love the Albert Hitchcock and William Castle and um, British horror. I love Hammer and Amicus and Tygon and... No, oh, Blood on Satan's Claw. That's I'll finish the list out with Blood on Satan's Claw. A good, the, the the best, most underrated British horror movie. I think um, I love that movie. It's a good folk horror movie. And I tried to do my own folk horror book, but I'm not British, so I was like, "Well, let me, let me make it about New England." Um, but that was the, kind of the inspiration for that. Was that movie? Um,
0: Man, you got you got quite a catalog. Oh yeah,
1: no I can do that. I can like that's the thing. You can't just you can't just set me in a direction because I'll just keep being like, "Oh, in movies, especially cuz I'm I'm recording and next to my uh next to my DVDs so I can just look over and be like, yeah, that one's good."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do you have like a favorite shelf or just and then just kind of like all Oh, no, ones.
1: I couldn't choose among them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all, all of my babies. <laughs> Dude, that's kinda like that's like my bookshelf. I mean, I, I got some built-ins uh, put in oh, nice. last <laughs> July and uh everybody's like, Well, what's your favorite shelf? I was like, I don't I don't have one. I just kinda like have them sectioned off. Because <laughs> like I've got, I don't know, I've got what three completely full of king books. I've got like a whole fantasy side, but then I've got another side which is mostly fantasy, it just is all from one publisher. <laughs> and then in the middle, it's just kind of a hodgepodge. i love that
1: i'm very i'm very similar in the way that i organize where it's definitely not alphabetical Mm -hmm. it's definitely like thematic and some of it's by uh, i i have i mean i have my bookshelves are like my movie shelves where i have some of them by publisher some of them by author um some of them by genre subgenre because i have like a whole bizarro shelf but um yeah it's it's just i don't know everyone's everyone brain works kind of differently um and I think the, our shelves are a reflection of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, kind of going off of, uh, of your first one, so Night of oh, the Living Dead. So, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're—I wouldn't say clamoring. Are you excited about the the new Living Dead novel that Romero and Crouser have put yeah, together? Oh yeah, I really want to. I really want to read it.
1: Um, yeah, I definitely want to read it. Um, it seems it
0: does seem bittersweet
1: since. It, it was, you know, finished uh, posthumously, um, but I, I'm I'm very interested in that. Um, and I've read uh, I've read uh, Daniel Krauss's Rotters, uh, and he's a great writer. I, I like that book a lot, so I'm um, I'm looking forward to picking that up. 700 pages. That's that's a
0: that's a tome. It is. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got an e arc of it first. Like I, I just I just got a physical one. I think uh, yesterday or two days ago um, from. Uh, Toward Nightfire, and, yeah. and uh, like I looked at my Kindle, and, and you know it, it goes like all, it doesn't really do pages when you when you get early copies. It just goes off of like I don't even know how they count the progress, but it's it just like says the words two, long on the bottom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like over ten thousand, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. this one's gonna this one's gonna take some work. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be buying the I'll buy the Kindle version just because I I know I read before bed, and you know the Kindle with the backlight is just like that's where I do ninety percent of my reading. Yeah. I like I, I like collecting books and I like getting signed books, but I don't I just I'm just doing more and more um uh, ebooks. I've moved too many times. I don't I I I just want to consume the story. I don't need the the trappings. You
0: know? Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. It's like uh when we moved into this house a year and a half ago, um, you know, I had to bring all these books over with me. I think I had you know, I'd say ten tubs of books. And uh, whenever somebody's like, "Oh, what's in that?" I was like, "Don't touch it. You're, you're, I promise you're not going to carry it, <laughs> especially hardcovers." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really read physical copies. I read eBooks or I listen to audiobooks. But I like having the physical copy of a majority of books. I'm exact. Yeah, I'm the I'm the exact same way. I'm, a where I'm like,
1: I am like I do have that weird. It's it goes along with the physical media too, like of DVDs and Blu-rays. I do have that weird collector mentality. Yeah. Uh, where I can't shake it. Yeah, uh, but I I know just in my like in my you know when I'm sitting there and I'm like gonna pick up a book I'm like I'm like well I, I, do I want the ebook or do I want the physical It's like if you do yourself a favor and get the ebook you're gonna read it a hell of a lot faster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just uh I don't know it's I don't know if it's if it's like if it's Bookstagram or if it's just I I just love book covers. Uh, yeah. too. Okay. And I love the possibility of an author, which not many come to Alabama, at least come to like Atlanta. So I can, I can drive over and, and meet them and get them to sign it and stuff. But yeah, like I just, I, I love reading on my Kindle and, and I'm kind of same with you. I, I've, got, I've got the backlight cause I've got the, uh, the one that came out last year and, uh, I uh, yeah. before bed too. And it's just, it's just so nice cause I can just pop it on. I can turn the, turn it down so my wife can go to sleep and I'll just, go through, you know, several hundred pages and then pass out. But yeah. Um, all right. So uh, so we've got we've got movies out of the way for the most part. Man, I know we could go on for forever. But yeah. the main reason you're on today is to talk about your upcoming novel, Clone in a Cornfield. So this releases from Harper Teen uh, on August 25th of this year. It's a YA horror novel with a retro slasher vibe. I've read it and we can talk about my thoughts here in a little bit, but tell the audience a little bit about what they can expect from your young adult debut. Well, I don't want to correct you and I don't want to, um,
1: uh, I do think the retro slasher vibe comes more from the cover than it does. Well, at least intentionally. Uh, I do think there's like that setup of, a, you know, traditional slasher. Uh-huh. Uh, huh. uh, when I was writing this book, i'd written I'd written a book called the Con Season," which I kind of call the slasher, but it's not really like it doesn't you had you had uh, Stephen Graham Jones on he has this whole you know he has he has he's literally a professor of this stuff, so he's he's talked about like the different kinds of slashers and i and I wanted to do a very I wanted to play by the rules as it were. Um, but with Clan in the cornfield, it was like, I know this is going to be for teens and i you know it's a very like um nerve-wracking thing to be like well this could theoretically be some kids first horror book and that is uh you know not to make it not to make it sound too self-important but i feel like that's a crazy responsibility or like a lot of pressure because i love books so much and i love horror so much i don't want to screw it up um so I basically was like, well, what if we do a slasher? We don't do it. It's not It's not meta. It's not scream. The characters do not know that they are in a horror movie kind of thing. Because that seems to be, you talked a little bit about it before, um, or at, maybe it was off mic, but we talked about how, like, the slasher's on a little bit. It's, it's on a rebound, but it's maybe, like, you know, the idea is, like, a postmodernism take of, like, self-reflective talking about the genre so you want to just like i i felt like i wanted to just the the feeling of the slasher comes from the fact that it is a slasher not that it's you know you know what i mean like it's not that it's overly in love with the fact that it is or overly in love with the genre and then i also were and this is we're not going to spoil anything but i think there is if you look at kids today um or if you look at kids um, you know, over the last few years, what are teens, what are the anxieties? Like the idea of, of us, of a guy with a knife chasing you down a dark hallway is always going to be a little bit scary or a little bit off putting, but it's not what kids are afraid of. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, this is not, you're not having active shooter lockdowns because of Michael Myers. It, right. like. You're having like the anxiety and the and and the problems in the world now are so much bigger and are so much more um, esoteric and epistemal like, like like you're you're faced with like your mortality every day and 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 you know none more so than right now. But so it's like what do we? And you still want it to be a fun page turning book where everyone's having a good time and everyone's enjoying being scared. But I just wanted the idea of like – it's a tall order, but you don't want to do all those things at once and still have there be a clown in a cornfield like it says on the tin. Uh, so that was a really rambling uh, discussion. But <laughs> um, I, I go, Clearly, I've thought about this stuff way too much, it, right? <laughs> um, so, slasher movies and I think um, slasher fiction, there have been some great slasher books. But it's not – people don't think of it as a literary genre. Do you know what I mean? It's not, a, it's not a literary subgenre. It's a filmic subgenre. Right. And I wanted to do it justice as a novel. Like what is – there are certain things you can't do in a, in a book. There are certain things you can't do in prose. But how do you make the most full-blooded and enjoyable slasher you can but have it be a novel and have it do all the things that books do well and have it do some of the things that movies do well as well? Yeah. That was, that was hopefully – the goal.
0: What, well, uh? I guess, what would you say were some of your inspirations behind writing the story? Oh, I, I, I actually, I guess I hinted at it before when I was talking about like Herschel
1: Gordon Lewis and, and Americana. And so I just love, um, I love how varied the topography of America is. I love that from Philadelphia, I can drive an hour and be out in Lancaster where there's a ton of corn and the economy is completely different and the way life is completely different. Um, so it's, 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 the book kind of takes its cues from that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that, like, you know, city versus country and, and just, uh, there's things that we have in common and things that we have differences and things that we, we really tell ourselves are different between, where we live and generally generationally, if you look at like, you know, something like the phenomena of like, okay, boomer and stuff like that. If you look at the the divisions in America, they are on or across all kinds of different lines. Um, they're very much generational, very much kind of ingrained in how we live now. Um, but also we are all Americans. So it's, that's kind of, again, not to, to, to talk more about it is to dive into spoilers, but I love, and I love, I love a good slasher in a mask and I love uh, all the different kinds of slashers where there's like, you know, there's supernatural slasher and then there's a whodunit slasher, but what they have in common, or at least the successful ones are the ones that have stuck in the, the zeitgeist are that the iconography of the killer themselves. Mm -hmm. So with our, with the clown, um, with friend of the clown, who's this kind of depression era uh, mascot of a business that used to be really big in this town. Um, the story takes place in Missouri, Uh, um, takes place in a fictional town in Missouri called Kettle Springs. And the town has kind of pinned its hopes on this one business, which is corn syrup, because they produce a lot of corn there and they, you know, they have this refinery. And since, you know, since post great depression, they've had, uh, uh, the 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 brand of corn syrup has had this this mascot who's just a clown, and if you look at clowns from that era, they are somewhat off putting, somewhat creepy. But the town has kind of built this mythology around. This is our you know this is our mascot. This is our economics life economic lifeblood, um, and that is that becomes kind of perfect fodder for you have all the iconography built in there, and uh, you give them a weapon and you've got yourself a slasher. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, uh,
0: I guess why young adult? I'm assuming you haven't written young adult novels before. Cause it does say that it's your YA debut. It does. I guess. Yes. Yes. It is my YA debut, but what I
1: learned, cause I don't, again, I'm clearly like a guy that gets hung up on details and research and wanting <laughs> to like immerse myself in genres, but like, I wanted to write a YA book, and I and I and I because I'd read several that I really loved, and they felt so. YA horror is like it's not even like it's had like a, you know a, a boom and bust. It's just had you know there's been these kind of like steady peaks of like great YA horror books that have come out, and um, and I just really was I picked up a few and because it, it I actually. I picked up a few because I was going to do a video about, uh, what are some good YA horror books? So I should do like a, you know, I want to do kind of like a listicle thing. So I read a bunch and, um, I was just kind of blown away by like, Oh, there's no restrictions. Like there's no content restrictions. Uh, the one thing. And I, and then I talked to editors and, and talked to an agent about like, what are the, what is the limiting factor, quote unquote, in a, in a YA horror book, what makes a YA horror book, a YA horror book. And, and then what makes a YA book a YA book is that it has a teen protagonist. I guess, as far as the industry is concerned, as far as publishing is concerned. Right. So it's was like, oh well, you know, half my books at this point have had teen protagonists. So like, I guess have I been writing YA the whole time? And it's, I guess it's <laughs> it's really what you you know, it's the it's the it's the thematics you know clearly make it more pronounced YA or not. It's not the content. So you can kind of I'm I was blown away when I handed in drafts of clown in the cornfield and, you know, they would have logic questions or want me to clean up like, you know, Hey, the sentence doesn't make sense. Fix it. Um, like, but they were never like, no, this is too violent or this is too dark or this is too, like they, you know, presumably, uh, teens in America are are totally fine with that. Um, so I was fine with writing it. Uh, was is fun is i mean i i really do see this as being like i want to keep writing for this audience i hope the, you know the book's not out yet so i hope people like it and i hope adult readers like it and i hope teens like it because it really i wrote it hopefully so that it can be enjoyed by anyone um
0: well, well, I will say, uh, just based on early reviews, uh, I feel like adults like it because most, mostly adults are the ones getting the early copies. So, so I, th- I think you're good on that front, at least. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that's a, that's the thing that I found. Out. I'm like, like, well, yeah, let's get it in front of YA reviewers. And, hey, it's, I mean, it, it makes sense. It, I guess it does make sense, but it's you know, it's it's adults. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm really excited for you know the weeks after the book launches to be like, well, what do kids think of it?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, it was funny. I think I was reading a uh, Michael Patrick Hicks, uh, review. Um, we're, we're pretty good friends. We've known each other for a good while on social media, but, uh, cool, I, I think he had made a mention if, uh, if Harper teen, uh, somehow gorilla marketed, okay, boomer in anticipation of your novel, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. I heard, well, I mean, you know, publishing works slow. So we were, we were, you know, I had handed in the final draft of the book way before that kind of like, you know, it was on like the cover of Time magazine or whatever. And I was like that, wow, this, this really does feel like we're in the zeitgeist now. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because it was like, man, if, if Harper team didn't like generate that, they completely missed an opportunity <laughs>
1: Hey, maybe they did. Maybe it's like psyops. They're like they've been doing it, <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> playing a long game here, years <laughs> out.
0: I mean, there's, there is there uh, is quite a possibility that, that was uh, that was you know what they had planned on doing. But uh, I, I just read that and I was like, you know, I even put the word "boomer" in my review just because I, I kind of felt like it. Because I was like, you know, I don't I don't see anything that these kids are doing nowadays. I don't I don't think I did that when I was growing up. But you know, it's it's just kind of the time we live in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me, okay, I want to talk about another book, uh, that you've got, uh, your first one. So video night, uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but can you tell uh, the audience and me a little bit what we can expect from video night?
1: So video night is the opposite of, of Clan of the cornfield. It is, it is, uh, it takes place on New York, uh, in the late 1980s. Uh, and it's about two friends that, uh, fend off a body-snatching alien invasion. Um, they're kind of like, they're towards the end of high school, and one realizes he's going to be going away to go to school, and the other one realizes he's going to be staying in there. And it's like, it's kind of it's like this uh, friendship is ending kind of story, but it's built around, uh, you know, a, 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 a Stuart Gordon or a Frank Henenlotter, like gore alien uh, a story. Um so it's, it's it's like it's it has these kids that are living in the late 1980s and are very literate in horror movies and uh and love VHS um so it's kind of a a hard book about horror movies in a way um and I've been very fortunate that um that people have picked up that book and have been reading it for uh, many years now I don't I don't even remember when it came out but um yeah that's still my most popular book um up Until hopefully, up until Climate Cornfield. Um, and if folks have read something by me, they've probably read that. Um, and I'm I'm very thankful for how well it's done.
0: I gotcha. Um, so obviously, we've got you know a little over five months before Climate Cornfield comes out. Um, but what are you working on now? A number of things.
1: Um, I'm working on, uh, I just it's in progress now, and uh, comic book stores are taking a real hit uh, with the coronavirus. Uh, but um, if folks either want a mail order from their local comic shop. I did a I did a four issue arc on um, the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, which is serves as a prequel to the uh, to the Netflix show um, the movie. But uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And I've, I've written a couple, um, comic stories now, but this was the first, uh, multi-issue arc I've gotten to do on something. It was, you know, so even if, if folks have read my books or if folks think of me as like the horror guy and are like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, see him write fantasy or whatever. It's, it's very much, there are very much little things in there that people will enjoy if they enjoy the kind of stuff I write. Um, because it's, it's, it's the dark crystal. It's, as the as the showrunners have said about uh, the Netflix show, it's not the happy crystal. Um,
0: <laughs> I gotcha. Um, have you uh, have you read anything really good lately that you'd uh, recommend to the audience?
1: I just I just finished um,
0: the Boatman's Daughter. Did you read that? Oh yeah. Oh, it's so good.
1: Yeah, it's goddamn great.
0: God, it's so good. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was. I read that.
1: It's funny because like I, I've been reading a lot of stuff that's like really good. And one of them is like, one of them was like, was really early, a uh, copy of something that like, yeah, your, your listeners would be familiar with the author, but I'm not going to like blow up the spot and say who it was, but uh, it was really, really good. So I've just been reading nothing but really good stuff. And it doesn't happen that often because I'm very much like, I'll pick up a book and if it doesn't grab me in, you know, the first hour of reading, um, I kind of go like life's too short and I, and I get, you know, Hey, grab the next book. I know, I know like people, there's some people don't like, you know, I guess, D F what is it? Do you not finish? DNF. DNF. Like DNF. people, again, and, and I only talk about, I publicly only talk about the books I like. So like there's, there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, you know, for whatever reason, I, get, I, I, I don't love. Uh, but I try to read everything and I try and I, and I give everything, stay in court. But um, God, I've just been reading so many good books. Like everything's good and it's, it's kind of intimidating. It's kind of like, oh man, like this is all, like every everyone is on their A game and this is all good. Um, I just started, um, I just started, e, I got an arc of um, Grady Hendrix's, uh, the, oh, yeah, the Southern, Southern Club. Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Is that it? Is yeah. it yeah, yeah. Yeah, got it in one. Uh, <laughs> that's really good. Um, I just read uh, Ten Air of Dew for the first time. I read uh, The Good House. Which she's an author I, I've been wanting to read for a while because I've seen her I've seen her talk on uh, several documentaries about horror. Mm-hmm. There's a, a documentary called Har Noir and it's just like one of those things where it was like wow I really like the way this uh, this, this person thinks and talks about horror, So, I, but I've never read her stuff but um, yeah the good house was, have you read that? I have not. It's really, it's really, really good. It's another, we were talking about long books when we were talking about the Daniel Krauss book. It's like, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a significant, uh, book. It's a significant investment, but it's, it's well worth the time. It's really, really great. Um, kind of okay. like a, a voodoo story, but like set in the Pacific Northwest. So it's not really, you know, definitely not your typical voodoo story, uh, but it's really good. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that's 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 what I've been reading.
0: <laughs> <What> <laughs> yeah, about <I> yourself? <laughs> yeah, I actually got to uh, I got to meet Andy Davidson uh, last November, and um, he actually read an excerpt from uh, the Boatman's Daughter at this uh, Noir at the Bar event, and uh, he uh, decided that he was since he was a last minute uh, entry and he didn't realize he was going to be reading. He only brought one copy, and he told everybody there that if they liked the book, that they didn't have to kill me because he was giving it to me. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, you did that <laughs> yeah. alive, so... Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's, so that's, I, I feel pretty good. Great. <laughs> um, another one I'd rec- recommend to you, I know you uh, enjoy Stephen Graham Jones. Um, his new novella coming out from tour, uh, Night of the Mannequins. Um, I, I think that one should be one of the next ones on your list if you get a copy. I, I,
1: I He sent it over. I'm, I'm very excited Oh, uh,
0: uh, yeah. yeah I know good. nothing about it. That's the
1: thing. That's what I'm so excited about. Cause he's like, I know he said something about it being a slasher. Um, I said on your show, he said something about it being a slasher. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, I, I like just, I like the idea that I know the title and I know nothing else. I'm very excited.
0: It's going to blow well, your mind. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. It's, it's one of those where you think you, you got it and you don't.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. That's his, um, his, his novellas with Tor have been great. Uh, his, I mean, his fiction in general is just always so good and always so so different. Yeah, um, all his books are different from one another, which is like I. He has such a distinctive voice, but all his books are different, and like I just don't know how he does it. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and then you hear him, you hear him like kind of talk about in a very matter-of-fact way of how fast he writes. Right. Makes me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like, ridiculous. Yeah, while we're, you know, uh, between these emails, I, I, I wrote this, uh, you know, this Shirley Jackson award-worthy story.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah while, while while we're recording this podcast, I also yeah, wrote this. I'm surprised you didn't do that. I'm surprised. <laughs>
1: he was like, I just sold this podcast to Ellen Datlow. I don't know how to get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ellen's just eating it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, well, hey, I know... Uh, I know time's short. You uh, might want to get back to your family. I know with just everything going on, but I just want to really thank you for, for coming on. I I know it was such short notice and everything, but it's just been great having a chance to chat with you off of social media. Um, especially, you know, coming from somebody that is fairly new to me as far as writing, but I just absolutely loved, you know, your upcoming novel, Clinton on a cornfield. And thank you um, so much. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, Guys, I mean, I, I'm calling it a scary good, nostalgic slash fest guaranteed, guaranteed to fulfill your John Carpenter Halloween withdrawals. Uh, so Put it on the box. <laughs> yeah, right out of the box. Um, and, uh, and, guys, I just you got to check it out. Uh, it comes out August 25th uh, from Harper Teen. Uh, but if you want to find uh, Adam on social media, you can find him at Adam underscore Caesar. It's C-E-S-A-R-E. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram is Adam Caesar. Facebook, Adam Caesar writes, and you can find his YouTube channel under Adam Caesar. You can also find his WordPress website, AdamCaesar.wordpress.com. But man, just thank you so much, and let's do this again. Thank you, thank you. And
1: and and folks, in I know it's five months out, but pre-orders help so much. Any book, not just my book, if you're interested, through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and at your local uh, bookstore. Who really would appreciate the business right now? I'm sure. Uh, you can you can do pre-orders there too so thank you so much um uh, thank you dave for uh having me
0: on talking yeah, i hope i didn't bore everyone to death no not at all i mean uh, i think uh i talked to tim meyer um uh, probably about a month or so ago and, and we had mentioned doing the next episode uh with a six-pack and uh <laughs> i feel like i feel like i need to get a gathering of like horror writers and we all do the same thing but maybe do some kind of like zoom video or something. Oh, it's so lovely. like everybody yeah. can like watch us drink while we chat about
1: horror books. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. People would be uh, climbing the walls. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm actually, I, I, we were talking about Aaron actually texting me and said, uh, cause he lives in Austria. He was like, uh, he wanted to do that with, with me and the uh, other, the other black teacher books guys, uh, who are all great writers so you should support. Um, but, um, yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna do that and I, i would love to do that with you and tim's a great guy too i like him a lot
0: yeah for sure i mean i mean good gosh like we i just feel like with everybody being inside and i know a lot of people can't or at least a lot of people nowadays can't figure out how to how to like be bored but i figure if we could give them an outlet to just like maybe laugh at writers being goofy but also you know find new things to read or write you know, depending on how long they're going to be down and out with all this that's going on, yeah. uh, it'd be a pretty sweet thing to Brutal.
1: do. Yeah. That no, would be, it would be a, a light in the darkness. Yeah. We
0: should do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And, and if you end up doing it with Aaron and, and the other guys, uh, you know, let us know we'll, we'll, share the links and stuff or share uh, uh, you know, when you guys are going to do it. Um, and we may even, maybe we'll try to do something a lot sooner than we had originally planned. Just, just cause this kind of came out of nowhere. And, yeah, uh, no, and it's, it's people
1: are going to have time to be be in. So, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, well, cool. well, um, well, I'll let you get back to it, but, uh, thanks again. And, um, like I said, everybody go pre-order clan on the cornfield, um, especially from some of your indie bookstores uh, that could really use it. And, um, and yeah, let's, let's do this again soon. Thank you so much, David. So uh, man. stay safe. All right? You too, man. all right. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode with author Adam Caesar. Um, you know, if you guys are are fans of uh, you know retro slashers like your Halloween's, your Friday the 13th, um, so forth like that, I think you guys would really enjoy Clone in the Cornfield. It's it, it is dubbed as YA just because it's got young characters, but um, you know, it kind of kind of reminds me a little bit of um, you know a little bit of Stephen King's It, um, just with uh, you know kind of the way the book starts out. Um, just kind of the small town feel and so forth. And um, I mean, it gets, it gets pretty gruesome pretty quickly. So, you know, if you, if you find yourself lagging a little bit, you know, don't worry. It it definitely picks up and uh, picks up in a really good way. So definitely be checking that one out. And um, I don't really have anything else going on uh, the rest of this week. I kind of, you know, wish I did so I could give you guys some more stuff, um, especially with what's going on so far, but um, nothing set this weekend but next week i've got two uh scheduled record i got dan stout coming up on the 26th and anna smith spark on the 28th um maybe getting in uh max berry uh his upcoming novel providence is coming out at the end of the month uh, from penguin random house Uh, that's a possibility on the 31st um i just know with a bunch of book tours being canceled uh they're trying to kind of get people doing stuff on social media so we may be podcasting with him um, but if not, uh, I've got a few more starting at the beginning of April and i got to start, uh, scheduling some more authors, but we'll have, uh, you know, your Rob Hayes, your John Gwen, your John Scovran, Mike Shackle, uh, all in April along with, uh, already scheduled with Nick Martell and Nathan Ballingrud. But, uh, guys just, um, just stay safe out there. Uh, I hope these podcast episodes give you guys a little bit of, uh, of happiness with what's, what else going on outside. But, um, just uh, you know, continue to hold around, enjoy time with family, uh, enjoy a really good book, and and hopefully, like I said, these bring a little bit of uh, light to the dark. Um, and uh, yeah, continue checking in. Thanks, guys.